dynamic voices for a diverse church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by The Witness, a black Christian collective. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BurnsClan. Please follow at your own risk. And joining me, as always, is the founder of The Witness. He has a very extensive bio, the man, the myth, the legend, the two-time best-selling author, Mr. Blue Check Verified himself. You can follow his writings at jamartisby.substack.com. Dr. Jamar Tisby, what's going on, brother? Living my best life on the mic with you, bro. Hey, I like that. Living my best life on the mic. I like that. That's good, (laughs) brother. You know I love lists, right, Jamar? Uh, A little bit. I can think of some list episodes that we like one annually, cultural artifacts, and many, many more. Yeah, you're a list guy. I love lists, and I really appreciate what lists will cause us to think about and appreciate, right? And so when we think about and appreciate lists, we're, we're ranking people who deserve recognition or things that deserve recognition. And many times those things or those artifacts have lots of people behind the scenes. And so I came across this list and it was actually a graphic. And I don't know if we can link it in the show notes or something like that, but it's this graphic of what they call the top 10 most influential black preachers in the last 50 years. And you know, I was glued to that thing. I was like, <laughs> lean in, like, okay, like let's talk, let's Taylor talk. made for Tyler. Absolutely. So I'm going to read off the names and then we'll do some analysis. Then, of course, I'm going to get my list. But we'll, well, let's read off the names first. <laughs> you already know where this is going, right? You already yeah, know where this is going. Okay, so, so number one, I'm just going to uh, read them in reverse order of how they came up. And they're all in a graphic together. Bishop Norman L. Wagner, who most of you probably have not heard of. uh, Pastor Tony Evans, Bishop Noel Jones, Bishop Carlton Pearson, Bishop Eddie Long, Pastor Frederick Casey Price, Bishop Paul S. Morton, Bishop G. Patterson, Bishop T.D. Jakes, and Prophetess Juanita Bynum. Wow. Yeah. So those are 10, according to them, most influential these black like, pastors okay, yeah, okay. in the last 50 years. Now, when you hear these names, you are nodding. I'm sure like a couple of you are like, Come on, man. I was like, who is it? <laughs> what his name is? Uh, but what do you think about that list? Just off hearing it. I didn't present it to you before. Just hearing it. What do you think about that list? I mean, lists are always hard because you're only thinking about the ones listed and the ones not listed may not immediately jump to mind. But certainly there were some ones where like my head was really, really nodding on, you know, T.D. Jakes, Juanita Bynum, like these are Eddie Long, like these are ho- household names in a lot of black spaces. And but you called it the what list? The top most influential. In, most influential. See, now, that's this is the, the this is the twist. We're right. not talking about the best preachers. Right. Exactly. We're talking about the most influential right. preachers. And if you're talking about most influential, I feel like there may be some names that we need to throw in there. <laughs> and there may be some names that may come out of there. And there may be some names that you're not even thinking about that need to be included in this conversation. So here's my theory. And my- it's also... Go ahead. Influential doesn't mean the ones I most like or agree with. Exactly. Right? Which is extremely important. I think that my theory is, as I was thinking through this list, and I just did it in like two, three minutes, right? My theory is, okay, I'm not going to be able to narrow it down to 10. I think I have to do 15. And that came true. <laughs> And the first five are going to be easy. The first five are going to be like, duh. The next five is where it gets tricky, right? The next five is where it's like, hmm, I don't really know 
if I can boil it down mm. or I don't know what the criteria would be. So we'll talk about criteria later, but th- this is for me most influential. Okay. So I'm going to run through my list. All right. Like I told y'all, I got 15. It's actually 16 because I cheated, but whatever. <laughs> okay. So number one, Bishop T.D. Jakes, Potter's House, Media Mogul. Books. For my, for my money, I'm, I'm saying for me, this is my opinion. It doesn't have to be yours. It's my opinion. The most influential preacher, period, of the last hundred years. That's my opinion. You don't have to agree. Not even just it's black. Mine. Not even just black. No caveats. The most influential American preacher in the last hundred years, hands down. Okay. Bishop T.D. Jakes. Number two. Bishop G. E. Patterson, mm-hmm. okay, chief apostle of the Church of God in Christ, holiness Pentecostal preacher, Memphis man, one of the most recognizable preaching voices in history. There are some people that have those voices. Uh, one of my favorite preachers, if not my favorite preacher of all time, is not on this list uh, because the timeline of when he passed and when he was most influential, it kind of like crosses over. But Dr. Gardner, Gardner, C. Taylor Gardner C. Taylor has one of those those signature voices, Dr. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King's signature voice, and Bishop G.E. Patterson. I mean, just some wild stories. If you have some G.E. Patterson stories, listen, there's some G.E. Patterson stories about how he was, his driver was shot by a sniper and all kind of, I mean, just wild stories. I mean, he went through a lot. And he is, without a doubt, his sermon clips still get circulated, mm-hmm. still get shared, still get promoted. People still listen to There's them. a road named after him in Memphis. Bishop G. Patterson has to be on this list. Okay, so number three, I kind of put two together because they were denominational leaders. Okay. Now, this is Bishop Paulus Morton. Okay, so he's the founder of the Full Gospel Baptist Fellowship. And um, obviously, Louisiana man, his son, P.J. Morton. He's very, very prominent in pushing forward a Baptist movement that actually incorporated the gifts of the Spirit. Right? <laughs> you know, so that's like a big thing, right? And it really influenced, I think, Baptists to have a much more open view of the Spirit's work. And then another one is Bishop Charles Blake, hmm. West Angeles Church in Los Angeles. And the reason I think Charles Blake is so important isn't just because he was a denominational leader before he just stepped down from um Church of God in Christ leader. But I think also because that's the place where the celebrities go to church. Mm-hmm. That's the place where Denzel Washington goes to church. That's the place where, you know, people like Tyrese used to go to church and uh, basketball players used to go to church. It's the celebrity church. But you wouldn't have known that because it wasn't necessarily like on television, mm-hmm. nationally. It, it wasn't the same as some of your more prominent churches today where famous celebrities and athletes. It was like a Hillsong New York or something like that, right, like a Carl right, Lund right. situation. So I would definitely mention them as being influential because they influence so many people on a mass scale. Now, the next person, and this would technically be number four, but even though I cheated, but is Bishop Carlton Pearson. Mm-hmm. And so some of you know this, but my father was a regional overseer in the Azusa Fellowship, which was under Bishop Pearson. So I knew, I have known Bishop Pearson personally, Um, He was the first person to prophesy over me. The first time I ever spoke in tongues was at an Azusa event um, when I was 13 years old. Um, He really kind of spoke into my life when I was younger Mm. and was actually on a track and a plan to, I was hoping to one day travel with him and really be mentored by him. 
So Bishop Carlton Pearson, brilliant man, um, obviously stepped away from the from what we call the traditional faith and now embraces much more universalist point of view and perspective. Um, and even that also ties into his influence because he was a barrier-breaking multi-ethnic church leader in Tulsa. He had this national organization. He was a gifted psalmist, musician, and singer. But then also now when he transitioned away, now he's a leader in deconstruction movements and mm. universalism movements and inclusion continues movements. To influence. He continues to influence. So he's got to be on this list. Number five is a controversial figure, but you can't mention this list without it. And that's Prophetess Juanita Bynum. Yep. And Prophetess Juanita Bynum, most notably known for No More Sheets, um, that sermon series that she did, Woman Thou Art Loose with uh, Bishop Jakes. And also someone who I know personally as well. Mm. Um, in in a wild confluence of events, she credits our church for having launched her ministry. What? My father for having launched her ministry. I don't know how it happened. It's a wild story. But we brought her down for a two-night revival when I was 15, I believe. Well, no, I, was, I think I was, I was 14. And um, had two incredible meetings. First night was 8,000 people. Second night was 12,000 people in Pensacola, Florida. This is before Juanita Bynum was Juanita Bynum. Well, yeah, she was Juanita Bynum, but she wasn't Juanita Bynum. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? This is before she got married and had the unfortunate situation with domestic violence Mm -hmm. with her husband. Mm -hmm. Like, this is before that, like before she had reached like peak, peak, peak. This is 14 point font. Yeah, not, not like 28, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Here's the interesting thing. I'll tell you a story about influence. I, I love telling these stories. So she preached the first night. And then she said, I'm going to preach tomorrow night on the macadamia nut blessing. Now, I don't remember what in the world <laughs> the macadamia nut blessing was. But believe me when I tell you, I lie not to you, Jamar Tisby, on this mic. There was not a singular macadamia nut available in the entire region, Gulf Coast region, that next day. I promised, I'm not playing with you. She was like, bring some macadamia nuts tomorrow. Wow. And there's a pastor locally in town of a pretty large church. He said, I went to that first night. I went to every store I could think of. And they said, we don't know what's going on. All our macadamia nuts are sold out. It was a run on macadamia nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. It was, so, it was, I don't even know what it was about. I don't know the, the spiritual connection. I don't know the connotation. But she sold, she put macadamia nuts back in business in the Gulf Coast. <laughs> so we have to mention Prophetess Juanita Bonham. So that's your first cluster. You kind of can't get to any of the others Without, Without these, naming their first, yeah. These kind of have to be your people. Now you're getting into some of the, uh, a couple of these others are as recognizable as them. Maybe not as influential, but as recognizable. And then I'm going to share with you a couple that might make your jaw drop. Okay. Number one, Dr. Tony Evans. Mm-hmm. I think it's impossible for us to have this list without him. And also by extension, Dr. Tony Evans produced Anthony Evans and Priscilla Schreier. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is also a thing with Bishop Jakes, right? His progeny also Mm -hmm. becomes, you could really technically put Sarah Jakes Roberts in this list, Mm -hmm. knowing that in the next couple of years, she's going to enter this conversation and this list. She's so influential in these spaces. But uh, Dr. Tony Evans, of course, from a study Bible perspective, 
uh, from a teaching perspective. For some people, he was the only black preacher that they had heard. Yes. And a racial reconciliation perspective. The only black preacher that, quote unquote, they trusted. And there's all kinds of of subtext there. Right. Like he was safe for them. He was he was the answer to T.D. Jakes for a lot of people. Right. Mm. We don't like T.D. Jakes, but we like Tony Evans, Mm. you know. So he's definitely got to be on this list. Um, uh, the next one, Bishop Eddie Long. Yeah. It's funny. I heard someone say that, if I'm not mistaken, that new birth in Lithonia where um, he pastored has the most land of any, like the most land under black ownership in the country. Whoa. That his church owns more black, own more land than any other black, yeah, ownership. It's something That's like wild. that. That's So they have so much land. If you've ever been to the New Birth Campus, it's vast, it's expansive, make your jaw drop. Um, I've been there many times. It'll just make your jaw drop. And Eddie Long was really becoming the type of person that was wielding massive influence, not just in the church, but in politics. And most people don't remember this, but George W. Bush came and visited New Birth. Most people don't remember this. So Eddie Long was a part of helping George W. Bush come up with faith-based initiatives, right? So these these opportunities for faith-based programs that receive government funding and to receive, um, you know, tax breaks and all kinds of different things. to the White House, yeah. And also, Eddie Long, when the scandal broke out, it was covered on CNN. You can't tell me that someone is influenced. He had literally a live mini press conference. On CNN, and I'll never forget, he said, he came out with his wife and said, I got five smooth stones and I haven't thrown one yet or something like that. I think that's what he said, right? And then walked off, right? And whatever you think about Eddie Long, very controversial figure, has passed on now. He was extremely influential. He's another person that I did know personally as well. Um, Another person I knew personally was Dr. Miles Monroe. Hmm. Now, Miles Monroe, by technicality, wouldn't be considered an African-American preacher because he was Bahamian, but he has influenced most people um, in terms of his ministry from the Bahamas to be here. He has influenced so many thoughts on kingdom of God, dominion, purpose, marriage, so much so to that another person that's down on this list was actually next on this list has used so much of his information repackaged it repurposed it and gotten great acclaim for it and numerous people have done that the next person i'm talking about is okay we're getting into the controversials mike todd oh talk about repackaging and repurposing i don't think there's a way in which you can talk about influence without talking about mike todd's influence I know he's new to the game, new to the block. He's not even, he's, he's, he's for people. He's not for me. It's okay. It's not necessarily a person I would listen to all the time, right? I would prefer some of the other names on this list in terms of who I listen to on a regular basis. But if you're talking about influence, he is by far influential. Somebody asked me what I thought of Mike Todd. I said, it doesn't matter what I think of Mike Todd. I said, here's what I think most above that. I need as a young black pastor, Mike Todd to succeed Hmm. because the specter of 
of what people think of young black pastors will run through how Mike Todd does. Wow. Now that's influence. I've been in, I've, I've preached weddings and funerals. And whenever I preach a wedding and a funeral with people who don't go to my church and are not familiar with me, don't know who I am, I will always receive this comment. Number one, first comment I hear, man, you remind me of Mike, Mike Todd. Todd. And I'm like, really? <laughs> but this is how people know sure. young black and interpret young black preachers. Okay. And even though it's, it's, it's new, I think already he's as influential as some of the people he's on this creative list. genius. I mean, he's brilliant to, Without a doubt. to be able to communicate whatever he wants to communicate. And in a compelling way. I think in 2020, he had the third most sold book. Jeez, oh my. I think it was like number three. It was number three or number four. Most sold book in 2020. Relationship goals. It was like, what? I mean, that's influence. Okay, so here's one that I think you're going to be shocked by, but I think is, I think it applies when we talk about most influential black preachers. That's Vody Bakum. <laughs> Now, right. let, let me be clear here. When it comes to his ministry, his preaching, his teaching, his views on culture, his views on life, I am not a fan. And I also believe that many of those views have been propagated in harmful ways against black bodies, against black minds, and against us, frankly. Yeah, on Pastor Mike, yeah. But what I will say is for many white Christians, especially in the reform space, He's the only black preacher they know and the only black preacher that they think positively of. Now, not just his speaking, preaching and teaching, but also his writing, his public ministry. It's extremely popular for them. And so I cannot deny his influence because he is influential. I also want to really underscore and emphasize that. I believe his teachings have done incalculable harm to the work we are trying to do mm. and the work we are trying to do to get black people free and to free black bodies and also to push for racial justice, whether good, well-intentioned or not. I'm not judging his intentions or his personhood or his relationship with Jesus or any of that. I just feel like his views on culture and life have done incalculable. Talk harm. about that TGC article. So what's interesting is you take the TGC article, right? So the TGC article was when he talked about uh, Mike Brown, basically Mike Brown deserved it, right? So he talked about Mike Brown deserved it and it crashed TGC's website. You know, he was a, he was a thug. He was a this, he was a that. And, and when he does that, he became then the gatekeeper for all of us that were trying to push race and justice conversations. They put him on panels and forums and public chats. Basically, he was like the final boss that you had to get past <laughs> to be able to say, oh, you're, you're taking legitimately. You have to talk to Vody Bakum. He was the final guy you had to talk to because he became the avatar and he became the the person who held all the thoughts that white Christians and white conservative Christians wanted to say against us. And they're like, oh, if we say it, we're racist, but what about Vody? Mm -hmm. What if Vody says it? And, and all that stuff being weaponized against us and against you specifically is leaves a sour and bitter taste in our mouths, but it cannot be understated how influential he is exactly again going back to the beginning influence doesn't mean we we personally agree with with what these folks are saying or that we even particularly like what they're saying but yeah influential because he becomes the same way 
folks try out Thomas Sowell on yes. like social issues and economics. Yes. They tried out Vody Bauckham That's it. on theology. That's it. And you know my feelings. I mean, he wrote that book fault lines that did bonkers it numbers was basically for him. retort to color of compromise I mean, and how to fight racism i mean pretty dragged much. my name all through the mud yeah. we have a long history going back to the days Personally. of the reformed african-american network he sat in my living room like yeah all of those things but to your point influential massively influential massively influential yeah. there's no way to underscore it Okay, so we've dealt with that. Let's go. Let's let's take a break. We're gonna go and talk about some names that we don't normally talk about in this. That kind of annoys me a little bit because it it binds the preacher down to the pulpit. I'll talk more about that right after this break. We're here on Pastor Mike. Hey everybody, this is Tyler. This is Dr. Jamar Tisby. And we are excited that you're listening to this episode of Pastor Mike, but let me encourage you to support us. You can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash Pastor Mike. And for just $1 an episode, just a dollar? now that's the bare minimum, that's four quarters. But if you want to go higher, okay, 5, 10, higher. 15, right. 20, 25, whatever it is, that will keep this show going and keep the high quality that hopefully you enjoy. So thank you for listening, but you can take it to the next level. Patreon.com slash Pass the mic. We appreciate you. Hey, everybody, this is Tyler Burns with Pass the Mic, inviting you to join us for the Active Witness Challenge. You know, here at The Witness, we love symbols. And the 1965 March on Selma was an activation of Christians who loved Jesus and also loved justice. They walked 54 miles for change for civil rights, for truth, and for freedom. And we want to invite people all across the country to join us for an entire month, the month of September, as we walk, jog, run, swim, or cycle 54 miles wherever we are. Now, this serves two purposes. The obvious purpose, of course, is we are activating our faith for justice, but we are also raising money together for the crucial programs here at The Witness. If you've enjoyed our podcasts, our events, all the things that we offer here to encourage black Christians to be free in soul and in body, we want you to join us. You can go to thewitnessfoundation.co forward slash AWC. And here's the awesome thing. You can join teams or even create your own team and encourage people together. Let me just put in a shameless plug. I have a team this year. You can look it up. It's called Feel the Burns. I think Jamar has a team, but don't worry about that. Join my team. But I have a team called Feel the Burns and I want you to join my team. Run or walk. I don't know what I might be walking. This, this heat is serious. I might be walking, but run, walk, jog, cycle, swim with me as we commemorate the 1965 March on Selma. Remember, they walked so that we can run. Okay, so we're back here. We've gone through these names and we're talking about the most influential black preachers in the last 50 years because of this list that I saw online. Let me give a few that I'm frustrated that we don't talk about more. Okay. Okay, so here's one. Apostle Frederick Casey Price. Now, he's on the original list, but I think we talk about him because of his faith dome, you know, the ever-increasing faith 
television show that he had. But we don't talk about Apostle Frederick Casey Price when it comes to his series, his groundbreaking series entitled. This happened in the late 90s, early 2000s. Race, religion and racism. Hmm. I ain't talking about he did a Bible study on it. He preached a sermon series that, if I'm not mistaken, was like 40 weeks. What? I'm, I'm not I'm not kidding. I cannot underscore this. I used to I used to as a kid, I would hear them, them playing it in the I'm like, why is he still talking about race, religion and racism? Is he ever going to let this thing go? <laughs> That's like a year of sermon. Race, religion. It might have been longer than that. My I'm serious, Lord. Jamar. It might be way longer than that. But he was groundbreaking. And he was another person that was early mentorship of someone who I'm going to mention later on this list. Um, who, When you talk about faith movements, word of faith movements, but also a really sharp denunciation of white supremacy. It's a very interesting. And this isn't an era. It doesn't seem like that long ago. But this isn't an no. era when such sermons, and especially a series that long, were not common. Oh, no. It gets you, it gets you in trouble. But literally, the city and the state recognized that sermon series as groundbreaking. Wow. They did, when he closed out that series, they recognized what they did the whole ceremony. I believe it's LA. I believe Whoa. it's Los Angeles. So it's, it's on the West Coast. I don't remember specifically where he's at. I believe it's uh, Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, so that's that's a big one people forget. Um, closely connected to that, someone who influenced he who he influences, Bishop Creflo Dollar. Wow, yeah. Do, or Doctor Creflo Dollar. You can't you can't talk about black church without talking about money and prosperity and word of faith and all that and the the helicopters and the the you know the, jets, the private yes. jets and all that. And that's Doctor Creflo Dollar for better or for worse. He you know world changes. He is extremely extremely influential. Okay, let's talk about a group and a cluster that I think frustrates me that we don't talk about more. Bishop Vashti McKenzie, mm. um, the first woman to be a bishop in the AME Church, incredibly influential, mm. groundbreaking, brilliant, and I'm telling you, in she preached at Seven Last Sayings at I believe it was Marcus Cosby's church. She preached it is finished. Still to this day, it was that was I think two years ago. Still to this day, I think they took it down because I can't find it. Sometimes I go back and listen to it. I think it's the best I've ever heard anyone preach. Wow! I'm, I'm, I know that's a lot. Coming from Tyler I know that's Burns, a lot. that is. I high think praise. it's the best I've ever heard. I hope they didn't take it down. A human preach. Dang! And she was virtual. Ah, unreal. And, and the video was out of sync with the audio, and it didn't matter. Wow. It was like, yo, this is the best sermon I've ever heard. So um, I I only met her once and it was in a room full of leaders. Like this was a retreat invite only kind of a thing. And she didn't come. She came later. She came like a second I got juice like day. that. Y'all, y'all hear that? I got juice. <laughs> uh, I've only whatever. met her once. Whatever. You, you know, like 12 of the 15 preachers on here. But um, it was in a room full of impressive people. And among these impressive people, when she walked into the room, the energy shifted. Hmm. All eyes on her anytime she spoke, which wasn't often because she measured her words. Wow. You could hear a pin drop. Everyone leaned wow. in. And she just had this presence. Yes. It was like the indwelling of the Holy Spirit Ooh. was like palpable. And it was, yeah, I'm glad she's on your list. And yes, it's frustrating. We don't talk about her more. She's brilliant. 
Uh, here's another one that's obvious, but we don't talk about on these lists is Pastor Raphael Warnock. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Why is he not on this list? Oh, I mean, we talk about an actual God. U.S. senator. <laughs> I mean, come on. Here. I, mean, I mean, yes. Like, this, is, this is influence. It, inhabiting MLK's literal pulpit in, at Ebenezer Church and also inhabiting his uh, sort of politi- political philosophy and ideas of beloved community yeah. and direct action. This Absolutely. time through elected office and brilliant and gifted preacher and communicator. Absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. Here's another person, and uh, I'll just rattle off a couple of more names I think we're we're missing, and that's Jesse Jackson. Okay. I mean, you you we're talking about influential pastors, influential Absolutely. preachers. Is there someone as influential in the public zeitgeist so, than Jesse Jackson? So you ain't got to convince me. There's now the Jesse Jackson. Center for Racial Justice at Simmons College of Kentucky. Of course. But also just looking at the history, the way, like we we don't remember this. Many of us are too young to really have been paying attention. But his presidential campaigns, 84 and 88. Yes. Were absolutely mind-blowing. I- the Rainbow Coalition. Oh, my goodness. Which now another incredible preacher, Dr. Freddie, Freddie Haynes, Haynes III, has yes. stepped um, in to lead. But people forget. I know it's, I know it's, it, you know, you mock and make fun of. He's older now. People forget. When Jesse Jackson was in his prime years, people were comparing him to MLK. He was MLK. Yeah, he was the protege. He was that guy. Of MLK. He was with MLK the day he was killed. Exactly. And um, tall, handsome, charismatic, incredible communicator. I'm talking about oratory for oratory, pound for pound, word for you. word. He could go eye to eye with King. Anybody. He was and and then with his political campaigns, eighty-four people were like, Really? But he he did better than expect. Eighty-eight, he was a real contender. Yes. He yes. made people believe. It was it it was truly remarkable. Building on the shoulders of Shirley Chisholm, but it was truly remarkable yes. to see a black person in the eighties, in the Reagan era, do so well Money, and become so prominent. And doing well. Yeah. Here's another one we talk about politics. Jeremiah Wright. Listen, he <laughs> massive. He literally pastored a, a president. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first on. black president, right? I mean, come on here. Like this is wife. this is significant, and still to this day is a case study for the inflection point and for the 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 edge and for the the intersection of race and justice and society and black liberation and black church, theology yeah. and black church and all that. I mean, you cannot have. And also, he was right, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I just want to throw that little tidbit in there. Reverend Jeremiah Wright was right, you know? Like, two more, and then uh, this is obviously more than 15. But um, <laughs> Jamal Bryant. Oh, yeah. Who has now taken over um, Bishop Eddie Long's seat at New Birth Missionary Baptist Church. And Pastor Jamal Bryant, for whatever you think of him, is extremely influential. He ran the youth movement and the youth uh, division and department for the NAACP for years, Planet Empowerment Temple in Baltimore, always at the center of controversy, always at the center of a master marketer, all the above. And whatever you think about his tactics, his methods, his opinions, he's just so influential, fam. Absolutely. And he has been for years and it's only increasing, only gaining. I'll give you one more that I'm hesitant to mention, but I think is frankly true. 
in terms of preachers, not necessarily pastors, because she's not a, a, a pastor. And that's Jackie Hill Perry. Interesting. She is the new, the only black person white people know. Wow. Like that there's just, she's preached on so many stages in the past few years. You cannot deny her platform, her influence. Platform is massive. When she says something, it shifts culture. When she said, what she said about the Enneagram, which I don't quite understand, but when she said about the Enneagram being demonic, it, it moved the conversation to us talking about the Enneagram being demonic. She's preached on the stage at Passion Conference multiple times. She's in preaching masterclass stages. She's, she's on all these stages. She's preaching at MLK 50 and all these things. She's preaching at all these places. And so you have to acknowledge the fact that she has tremendous, remarkable influence mm. with people. And maybe it's not quite yet at the Sarah Jakes Roberts level, mm -hmm. but it is pretty high and pretty significant. And younger, and, and I talk with young black pastors and young black preachers a lot, a lot. And I just, they all want to take from what she does. <laughs> they all want to say, I kind of want to take what she does and like replicate that. She's shown a new model and a new way of being like, Oh, I didn't think a black woman who looks like she looks and doesn't dress like the old black church mothers and the other black pastors could actually have a mm. platform. So yeah, yes. I would definitely include her. Yeah. Definition of influential. Wow. And then I have to include, you know, my pastor, Apostle Matthew Stevenson, you know, well, <laughs> I've got to include one other. I can't remember which list this was on, but it was another list of influential black preachers. And brother, we've talked about this. You are like so humble about your preaching gifts. It's almost frustrating. Um, because I've listened to you on numerous occasions, people on this podcast who are listening have, have heard you. And if you haven't look him up because you study this, you study to show yourself approved and you've done this for literal decades since you were a teenager. So guess what? You've got your 10,000 hours in and <laughs> I don't know, man. it is know. time for you to simply embrace and recognize what others already have, because on this list of most influential or best pastors, preachers, whatever, is the one and only Tyler Burns. You are listed already. I don't among... know even how this happened. I'm literally so we're studying before. I'm just like researching before this. And I literally come across. I'm like, how is this? I was like, is this a typo? Like, is this real? Nah, I'm, I'm honored. It's all the names on there. I'm honored. But. Man, I just uh, I'm trying to do what I do well. That's it. That's that's you that's do it all. extremely well, like exceedingly well. And you know, it, it's always risky for pastors and and preachers of the word to to get too hype and yes. have so much accolades. But there's also that fine balance of recognizing I've been called and approved. That's it's it's kind and it's an honor to be mentioned among those names and everything. But it's also a, a motivating factor for me, which gets us into the point of really the as we close out this episode, what is influence? Right. And as I was looking at all these pastors, I've left out so many, right? Ralph West and Dr. Charlie Dates and Reverend James Meeks and Reverend Clay Evans. And when you think about influence though. You think about the fact that 
that's a stewardship of a God-given role in society and a stewardship of a God-given place in society and a stewardship of a God-given place in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And you really want to steward and manage that well, but you also want to acknowledge the fact that it's sometimes very overwhelming and it's overwhelming not just for the the people who have influence, but the people who are receiving the influence mm. to know what the right influence is. That's good. That's true. And so I think it's it draws in like who's influencing conversation. You know, I, I firmly believe, you know, just speaking objectively that you have influenced the conversation on race as much as anyone has in Christianity over the past 10 years that you've influenced that. I firmly believe that this podcast, this podcast. has influenced Absolutely. the conversation on race and justice in the church, specifically the black place in the church, um, as much as any podcast has in the past 15 to 20 years. And the stewardship of that influence, though, it, it makes you ask the question, what am I sharing and how are people receiving? Mm. And so I think it it's just kind of this, this is a fun episode that we can talk about. I can nerd out on preachers and talk yeah, about all these things. It was fun, and tell these man. Stories. I learned a lot. But the most fascinating thing is it also should be a, a little bit of a conviction and a prick in our hearts that how we steward our influence matters. And, and who we allow to influence us will shape us no matter which way, for better or for worse, for the rest of our lives. And when I see a lot of these names on this list, I may not agree with them all, may not co-sign them all, may not applaud them all in the same ways, but I acknowledge they've had influence on me and they've had influence on many. And for the black, expansive black Christian tradition, we have to acknowledge it is expansive and there's lots of influencers and we need to recognize them. Well, many of these would vie for the title Prince of Preachers or Princess or Prophetess of Preachers, let our main influence always be <laughs> the go. Prince of Peace. <laughs> Amen. Man, stop. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>